As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Starcast, the German football pod, Brought to you by The Athletic. In today's episode, we'll take an extensive look at Bundesliga Wonderboys VfB Stuttgart up in 5th place following their 2-0 win at Hertha. Our special Swabia correspondent Oliver Truss joins us to run the rule over the newly promoted side and Christoph Biermann modestly reveals that it's he who is really behind their excellent start to the season. After that, we will talk league leaders Leipzig making light work of Augsburg, check in on a strong performance by Bayern Munich that has some asking for a return of Thomas Müller to the national team and discuss the fallout from the latest round of internationals during the pandemic. All of this and more in Starcast. But before we start, a timely reminder that you can listen to this pod advert free and you can read all The Athletic's fine content for £1 a month at the moment. Go to theathletic.com slash starcastpod to take advantage of this great offer. Right, Christoph and Oliver, thank you for joining us. Um, Christoph, I want to start with you. Now that your very fine book about the season with Union Berlin has come out, have you moved on to follow the other super sexy, very exciting, really successful and totally hipster project of Lars Windhorst's Hertha on the other side of town? I already did before because, I mean, we've been talking about it uh, already. I find it interesting because it, it's, uh, I mean, obviously it's taken the complete opposite direction of what Union Berlin is doing. I mean, they invested loads of money and uh, trying to put together a big city football club playing sexy football. And, uh, well, but that's not working as well as um, most of the people expected and and actually I also expected them to do better and you went to see them uh, on Saturday yep. and you saw them lose for the third time in a row against Stuttgart at home yeah and the second um, home defeat in a row and the strange thing about it was it it, it was uh, well deserved for Stuttgart to win there so it was not this uh, a, a, a strange underdog victory uh, or something like that. Um, Hertha looked tired uh, on that day. Uh, some of the players had been uh, in the international uh, circus with long trips. Uh, Mateusz Cunha, for example, for Brazil. 
Sometimes you had the impression that he was a bit in a different time zone still, but understandably, because I think he only arrived uh, like one and a half days be before the match back in, in Berlin. Uh, yes, still things don't fit together with this team. It, it's a collection of interesting players, but it's far from being a team making easy mistakes and giving away soft goals. So it's a long way from to sexy big city football. Well, we have to give some credit to Stuttgart as well, I think, and that's why we've had Oliver uh, on the pod. Um, Oliver Stuttgart-based and uh, a bit of a friend of the club, would you say, Oliver, maybe? Friendly, <laughs> I, I don't know if they do like me, if they do, <laughs> if they still do like me that much after um, some um, occasions in a TV show with the former president, Mr. Dietrich. So I'm uh, approaching the club uh, slowly and uh, watch out for, for anyone to uh, w waiting for me. Okay. Well, I mean, things should be easy now because they're doing well, doing perhaps better than, than expected. Um, having won the second game in the league and sitting pretty in fifth place. Is this just a snapshot or from what you've seen from Stuttgart so far, Does it su suggest that they actually will be not just doing fine in terms of not getting uh, relegated again after the promotion, but perhaps even be in the higher echelons of the league table? I think a good suggestion would be to keep the feet still regarding any higher places at the moment. But as a matter of fact, Stuttgart is a surprise and maybe the surprise of the league at the moment. Nobody expected them to do that well. People expected it, them to have problems in the back. They didn't score too many goals in the season before and in uh, in the pre-season uh, stages. So this is a is a really big surprise. It's because people in Stuttgart also always tend to be very pessimistic uh, <laughs> about their football team, I would say. Looking at the, the last season in the second division, it was really a, a cliffhanger and they had to count on the great support of the Hamburger SV to make it to the to the first division again. So they have a big, really huge squad of 33 uh, players and many, many, many young players and uh, that it fits together that well is a really big surprise. Christoph, I remember something that you uh, wrote and talked about earlier at the start of the season about the promotion paradox. Uh, teams going up because they play good football, attacking football, knowing how to score off the goals, but then staying up by knowing how to defend. Have Stuttgart surprised you about how much of the their own game, if you will, they've been able to take into the first division so far. Yes and no. Interestingly, Sven Mislintat, the sports director of Stuttgart, followed my advice. <laughs> but I would say not because I was telling him, but I've discussed it with him, the thing. And actually, Stuttgart... Uh, spent most of the money um, to to strengthen their the defensive part of of their game. And Sven Mislintat has put together a very interesting team. It's the it's the youngest in the Bundesliga right now. It's uh, 24 years uh, seven month old, and you can see there are a lot of extremely talented players in there. And um, it's 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 fun to watch and. 
very often this kind of teams that have a lot of talent, uh, they find it easier to play in the Bundesliga than in this uh, middle of the uh, second division where they, there's always all teams are fiercely um, playing against the ball. And, uh, and now you can see how good Stuttgart's team actually is. I think they won't be the... Uh, they end up in the Champions League or something like that. But I, I, I expect that we see a lot of entertaining football from them and a very solid mid-table position. Okay, that would, that would already be a pretty big achievement for the sporting um, leadership of Mislintar, who you mentioned also Thomas Sitzesberger, the CEO there of former uh, West Ham and Aston Villa fame. How much credit should we give to Pellegrino Matarazzo, not just for having the coolest name in the Bundesliga, but also for um, being able to coach what is, as you said, a very young team and also a team full of options. I mean, if you have 33 players at your disposal, it's almost, I think, difficult for, for a coach to find the right, right 11. Oliver, have you, how have you seen him so far adapt to life in the Bundesliga? Well, at the moment, it's rather a big advantage for him to have a squad of this size because they have uh, a lot of injuries. And surprisingly, again, all the substitutes, they fit in. They managed to really perform very on, on a solid basis in the back. And they've got these really fast wingers, uh, Kulibali and uh, Vamangituka, and who, who come with a really lot of speed. And uh, regarding uh, Pellegrino Materazzo, you can say that he course has developed and learned in in the second division and he has been a promising coach in Hoffenheim he got all the support you can get from the club when things didn't work that well in the final stages of the second division they extended his contract despite he had one uh, running for uh, one and a half years already so he got a lot of support and um, it, I think in the recent uh, years, a lot of people dreamed of consistency regarding the coach. Well, when, when Hitzelsberger came taking charge of the club, uh, I think since then um, they had four coaches already. So it's about time to put some trust on the shoulders of their coach and, and see uh, how things develop. and to accept that it takes time. Well, a lot of comparisons perhaps slightly prematurely being made in Stuttgart or maybe outside Stuttgart about the young Wild Ones team of Felix Magad in 2002, 2003, 2004, who uh, really played some, some excellent stuff and became kind of synonymous for the rebirth of, of the club in the, in the noughties. Is there a team, is there enough potential to go a similar way? I mean, you mentioned Koulibaly, who made his debut, 19-year-old winger. He looked very, very good um, against uh, Hertha. Who are the players that you think will will help Stuttgart continue on this half to grow? At first, the, the big difference to the young wild ones you mentioned is that the young wild ones of this time were mostly local, locally educated or, or players educated uh, from in the from the region this team now is uh, might be the international wild one but you don't see many local um, raised players in the team so it, that's a big difference um, 
to the to the young wild ones you you mentioned because the, the these two wingers i mentioned they have a big potential endo is doing a great job in the bag i think he's really the the vital figure in the bag in front of the back row to to give them stability and Limovic has a great potential. I think he's really a weapon. He is still very young. And um, this other striker, Kalajic, he came and uh, had a serious knee injury. So it took really months uh, for him to recover. And he shows that he's got uh, great potential. So there are really some you can expect big things in the future yeah maybe if if i can can add to this um there's also he, he was injured at the beginning of the season nicolas gonzalez an argentinian forward a lot of other bundesliga clubs were interested in signing him there was also talks about marcelo bielsa wanted to take him to to leeds united but uh, de decided uh, not to take him but he's also good and oliver already said it i, I I found on, on Saturday especially convincing um, uh, the performance of Wataru Endo. He, he's a Japanese player, a, a bit not that young. He's already 27, but he um, he is a kind of um, how you say, the anchor of, of the uh, Stuttgart game. He he's uh, he's uh, creating the rhythm uh, for the team, and and I also found. Um, Kalajic, the center forward, very impressive because he is tall, but he's also in a way elegant. He could be the Austrian answer to Peter Crouch. Altogether, there, there are a lot of uh, interesting uh, players. And uh, it's also interesting that Stuttgart under Mislin took this international approach. They come from France, they come from South America and, and so on. And um, I think without spending enormous amount of money they managed to to get Stuttgart in a very short time on a different level so that's pretty impressive tall and elegant he reminds me of you Christoph actually oh, thank you <laughs> a little bit younger of course looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah. Moving on from, from Stuttgart, who have been uh, one of the positive stories of this season, I think it would be amiss not to mention another one, which I guess is, at this stage, Leipzig. I mean, they have been, of course going well last season. Uh, we all expected them to be in the running for the top four places. But I th think there's still something quite impressive about the way they seem to have managed uh, this departure of their big two players, uh, certainly in uh, Timo Werner, but also in Schick, who, who was very important for this team. They won 2-0 at Augsburg to defend at the top of the table with their third one of the season. How how could you you think they are this season, Oliver? We we're going to see that um, in in the international when they play the Champions League. I don't think you can expect them to again reach the semi-finals. This was really a, a big shot for the club, but I think their performance at the moment shows 
how how much stability this system has and maybe Werner and Schick leaving made space for uh, Paulsen and, and, and others. I think the most impressive thing for me is that they have created or, or Julia Nagelsmann has created a system. He can catch up or make up for the loss of players like that. And they are tactically uh, on a very high level and uh, physically as well. So um, I expect them to end up among the, the first three in the, in the at the end of the season. And they also, I think we should mention, have the um, joint best defence, only two goals conceded in four games. Um, that's the same number that uh, Wolfsburg have conceded, but then Wolfsburg only scored two goals. Um, so not quite as uh, efficient and balanced. And of course, also by Leverkusen, they have scored three, conceded two, but they're down in ninth, um, having won narrowly against Mainz. Um, Christoph, before we move on, uh, maybe a couple more lines on, on Leipzig. They have uh, Basakse here in the Champions League coming up. But of course, the, the big two games, the big opponents, as far as qualifying for the next round concerned are PSG and Man United. Do you think that with the amount of games and uh, the amount of changes that Nagelsmann had to do, there's going to be enough consistency and enough quality in this team to get out of the group stage at the same time? as they're challenging for, for the top of the Bundesliga table? My impression is yes, um, because um, uh, their performances this season are very impressive. They, they seem to be even better than towards uh, the end of last season when they had this, uh, some of these miraculous draws against uh, teams from the lower parts of the table. And I, I think it's, in a way, it's a sensation um, how they uh, dealt with Timo Werner leaving. And, and, and you don't see it, actually. You, you're, you would normally would expect a, a player who has scored so many goals and he and and in a way also the the, the game was built around him because he is a um, is a fantastic striker and he leaves and and you uh, you barely recognize a, a difference in, in in quality and that again shows that Julian Nagelsmann is probably not only one of the best coaches in in Germany but one of the best coaches in international football at, at all uh, so the next weeks will be testing i mean there will be testing for for all the teams that have to play international football because the calendar is packed and and there are many open questions about this uh, uh, the COVID situation. I think we later on talk about uh, Hoffenheim and their situation with players coming back uh, infected and um, so so there are a lot of open questions what what's going to come but it's it's uh, it's really impressive how how, how uh, leipzig is doing and uh, i think they have uh, the quality to uh, go uh, to the next round in the uh, champions league for sure okay also in action of course are bayern munich the uh, holders and treble winners of last season they uh, prepared for their match with the atletico madrid against uh, with a four-win one at Bielefeld, which was also very impressive. Okay, it was Bielefeld, but uh, with all the reasons, for all the reasons that you mentioned, Christoph, with um, all the traveling, with all the disruption, it had the kind of makings of a game where Bayern perhaps 
go through the motions and maybe somehow through their quality find a goal or two. But they were, certainly in the first half, probably back to their very best under Hansi Flick. Was this really about Bielefeld letting them play too much and being not quite at the same level? Or did we indeed see a very strong Bayern performance with Müller and Lewandowski both scoring a brace each, um, continuing where they had left off last season? It was a bit of both, but but um, I think uh, Arminia Bielefeld is a, is a very good team and especially defensively, um, they are pretty well organized. So it's not that easy to score a lot of goals against them. Uh, as um, other teams will see later on this season, but uh, Bayern wa- was looking like like they enjoyed it. I mean, they had two days before they had this crazy first round match against an amateur team where only Thomas Müller and who else was playing there? I think it was only two players from the first team or first eleven who who were playing there, and and then you have to go to. Uh, to Bielefeld and some of the players are coming from internationals and you have uh, you can say oh I don't I don't know I'm I feel a bit tired but, but nobody felt tired or looked tired they actually enjoyed it, it and it it was um, again uh, fun to watch and I think even in this short span of the season maybe they have learned a bit because we had this uh, situation at the beginning of the season with the uh, a Super Cup match uh, against Sevilla and then losing them at Hoffenheim and looking t- actually looking tired there, but uh, uh, not in Bielefeld. It was um, it was a very impressive performance, showing again what we have said uh, a million times: they are the huge favorite of winning the title again. Yeah, I think we can agree on that. Um, Oliver, I want to ask you something about Thomas Müller. Um, the performance was so strong and perhaps came in contrast to some of the performances of the German national team a few weeks ago uh, in a way that had a lot of people in the media and former players asking for Löw to recall uh, Thomas Müller for the Euros. Is this one of those media debates, uh, something that we all get excited, but actually a little bit about the story that Götze might come back to Bayern, not really ultimately a real probability? What do you think? Well, it's hard to tell. What you can say is that Thomas Müller is really riding the wave at the moment and he seems like a 25-year-old experienced cool guy who has so much fun doing his job. It's really amazing and uh, it's, it's really fun to watch him. There are so many people, meanwhile, if it's Aki Watzke from Dortmund, Lothar Matthäus, who yeah, recommend Löw to recall Müller and Mats Hummels to give the back row a bit of stability. And uh, if you watch Müller playing in every game, who wouldn't take him, actually? If you're a coach who has got other plans, you might not. But everyone else says you need this guy in the German national team and he might really yeah, strengthen the reputation of the, of the national team, which is on a very low level at the moment. And a guy like Müller seems the, the ideal candidate uh, to do the job. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Christoph, what do you think? It seems to me that Müller was the the victim of this idea after the World Cup that Germany had to be a bit more direct, had to be a bit quicker, had to perhaps line up slightly deeper and then look for more pace with uh, the likes of Werner and Sané uh, attacking space rather than having Müller uh, collect the ball near the box. Uh, but then I wonder, you know, with Müller, what you get really is, is the pressing and you get the the effort and the the movement and all the things that Germany under Löw don't seem to be that keen on. You don't really see a strong commitment to pressing high. And I wonder if Müller, even if Löw might be able to change his mind, would actually be a good fit for this Germany? I think a bit of the debate about Thomas Müller is 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 uh, is a debate about uh, Joachim Löw because everybody is so dissatisfied with the situation of the national team and now it's um it, it's a kind of fight of for the principles. Uh, he is defending it to not having him although he is playing well a lot of people in the public see it as an expression of his stubbornness to to uh, change things and um and altogether i think um it, it's it's not so much about um arguments really here and um uh, you're right i think he he could help the national teams and he could help uh, to energize the national team he also could help them to 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 play a bit in a style that is a bit different from what they are doing now <laughs> but i think the main problem they're having right now is um is uh, defensively and although the performances of Mats Hummels and um, Jerome Boateng are not overwhelmingly fantastic or so, <laughs> maybe we should uh, rather think of bringing um, one of these guys back um, into the uh, defensive line. But um, I don't want to open up a new thread of discussion here. Uh, we'll do that next time. But I do think that um, attack would be the best form of defense for this national team. Just being a little bit more organized without possession and a bit more aggressive, I think might also make the back line look a little bit better. But that is perhaps for for another day. Um, Before we go, uh, you mentioned it already, Christoph. um, Hoffenheim had to play without their main striker, Andre Kramerich, who came back from international duty with a positive COVID-19 test and had to sit out the 1-0 defeat at home to to Dortmund. And that was really characteristic of many problems um, for many clubs with the amount of traveling and uh, the coronavirus in particular being concerned. How much of this will impact on the next international break with clubs already threatening not to release players? I'll go to you, Christoph, first, and then Oliver, you can come in. The question is if, if they are allowed to 
or to what extent they are allowed to not release them because uh, FIFA um, gives them some flexibility, I think. Yeah, maybe because I, I think if if FIFA opens too much of um, options there, um, all the clubs will decide to not release their players at all. Um, because um, for for every team, it's a it's a big risk to 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 send them around the world or send them around uh, Europe, especially with the increasing numbers everywhere. So um, maybe they maybe they it would even make sense to uh, reduce some of the calendar, um, maybe even already for November, um, because it got so frustrating results to to send players around. But yes, I think uh, clubs will try whatever they can to to keep their players. Well, there have been demands um, to FIFA to set up, to deliver more support and to set up strict rules uh, that the associations have to follow in these cases, because uh, of course it's a threat to the to the uh, continuation of the Bundesliga, leaving in this bubble, and then uh, having people leaving this bubble and um, being put on regular flights where you meet all sorts of people, and um, so I think there must be some action from FIFA. Um, but I think uh, they will go through with the games in November and then again talk about it because they have a break of about four months after that, I guess. But um, there are many demands from the from the Bundesliga who say we shouldn't do that many games and they're especially talking about the friendlies side of the Nation League uh, games uh, European teams have. And maybe they think about skipping them. I think that is a is a strong possibility. Thank you, Oliver. Thank you, Christoph. That's all we've got time for this week. Thank you, listener, for tuning in. I hope you'll catch up with us next week. We'll be looking back at the Bundesliga, but also at the German team's results in the Champions League. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>